This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big Eight tournament champion. 93-7 the ticket veteran and lover of bread, Jake Bockelman. <laughs> what? I like bread. Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. This is On the Block with Stricken Bob. Hold up. You're listening to On the Block 93.7 The Ticket. I am a bread lover, but no, I am not Jake Bakovin. Nate Brennan, Nate Doggy Dog, as Strick would say, checking in. And I am joined by the Husker Hall of Famer, Eric Strickland. Good to see you today, my man. Always good to be here on the block, first of all. And thank you for the listeners that continue to... Follow the progress of what we're doing oh, here, yeah. and uh, we're glad that you can join us, man. We're you know we're happy to have you. Definitely love to keep you around. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and, and as Strick said, uh, we love to have you around. So make sure you text us four zero two four six four five six eight five. We love to hear from you. We got a we got a lot of topics we're talking about today too. I, the, the Nets to start out, they got swept. Uh, so some some transfer news that potentially could impact Nebraska basketball. Uh, we're going to talk about the Heisman Watch for college football. We're going to be all over the place today. Again, you're listening to On the Block 93.7 The Ticket, 402-464-5685. We want to hear from you on any of your thoughts on all of this. And, Strick, I want to make sure that we start out with Baylor Shireman. You you sent me a message last night, uh, or maybe it was this morning, kind of letting me know about it. And then I, I did some digging and looked a little bit about his background. And the, the first thing that really comes to mind is, is I talked to Rico and Nick about it too as well. He's a Nebraska native, wasn't highly recruited, coming from South Dakota. He's now, some are calling him the biggest name in the transfer portal in a long time, maybe ever. Do you think there's any type of spite? Maybe spite's not the right word, but do you think there's anything that makes him not want to come to Nebraska simply because he wasn't offered out of high school? Well, I, I think one of the, the things can be with that is that, you know, it was early in the tenure of of, of Fred Hoiberg. So right. at that point, he really didn't have, you know, the opportunity to really hone in on Nebraska recruits. He's coming from right. the NBA at that time. So it it, it, it it was something that can be missed. And so when you look at it from that standpoint, I don't think there could be any animosity. Right regarding that or a chip on the shoulder or, or being angry or upset that you were overlooked because that, that, that wasn't necessarily the case dealing with Fred. So I think, you know, he, he, he's six, six, he's very skilled. And this is the part that I want to get into. It's, it's one of those things when I look back at it, I mean, the kid is, is, is out of Aurora. What ends up happening a lot of the times is you, you, you get small, uh, con- uh, wait, they're not called conferences. They're uh, class. Mm-hmm. So you you deal with small class, um, you know, Nebraska kids and and so forth and so on. Um, 
unless they're playing in a, a top-notch AAU program, right. that that's where you know some of that overlooking can happen. And I, I don't think he played in a one of the top programs right. at, at that time. That was a, from Nebraska. So, yeah, there, there's so really um, that was the case. But here's the thing I want to talk about: the kid was able to progress, right. and this is what I want to talk about. Nebraska kids is their work ethic is next level and i'm reminded of the time when i used to we used to play we we had valentinos the valentinos nebraska national team Mm -hmm. and really we would only go to one or two tournaments in in the year so we didn't have aau in that level but we would go and play in vegas and and we would do really well uh on the verge of breaking through took a a falling tip in from jason kidd to beat us before we went to the, the final four um, lost to a Jimmy King, um, yeah. you know, Craig Oster tag team out of Dallas, but we played them really tough. And here's the significance of that. We always had the top tier talent at that time. It was me. It was Andre uh, on those teams, Badgett, uh, Curtis Marshall. And we had those type of athletically gifted kids that, can penetrate, score, right. physical, do different things right. of that nature. And then we always had those Nebraska kids that came out of Lincoln or the mm. West of Nebraska, Scott's Bluff, Columbus, and they were skilled in a different way. Right. They could shoot. They they were fundamentally sound. And that's how we would literally, people would look at us, oh, Nebraska, oh, we're going we gonna, to we gonna run through them. And we would end up beating the brakes off of them. Right. And and that happened because we used that combination of those athletically skilled type of guys with the fundamentally skilled type of guys. And we used that balance to a T. We would penetrate, create, find those guys, and they would be knocking right. jumpers down. Right. And then we would have a big guy every now and then, the Vogels. And we would have, um, I mean, at the time, I mean, Markowski wasn't old enough, but you know, those guys. So you have your Malkowskis, you have your Jason Glocks, who was on the team with us. You have, you have your um, um, Chad Ideases and they come from those smaller classes, but they're gifted and they're talented. And that was the balance we had in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. That's what's been missed is you have those guys like me and, and Badge and, you know, Andre and, you know, the likes of uh, those types that were in-state kids and we combine them at Nebraska with those smaller class, but we kept them. Mm-hmm. And it was a reason for it because they were a heart. They were the heartbeat of right. our program. Right. Right. They were the ones that did the dirty work. They were the ones that pressed and tested us every day in practice. They're the ones that wanted it just as much as we did. Mm-hmm. And they had good success. And so that's what happens with this type of player. Uh, same thing with, um, um, who, man, my mind just drew a blank. God darn it. Uh, Frankie Fiddler okay. out of Omaha. Same type of thing. You right. know, gifted kid, talented, has got skills, and they go and develop, and they, they turn it out in whatever league they're in. Mm-hmm. So that's what's happening with, you know, Baylor Shireman. And Baylor Shireman's looked at for everybody and their mama. Yeah, I mean, right is. now – you're not kidding. It's, it's, yeah. it's Duke, it's Kentucky, it's KU, it's Gonzaga, it's mm-hmm. Baylor, UNC, yeah. Arizona. Every team that was in the Final Four and the Sweet Eight, uh, uh, the 
you know, the, uh, the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight, Michigan State, Arkansas, Louisville. You just Damn go down right. the list. Creighton, Wisconsin, Oregon, Texas. I mean, I could keep going, right. right? They're all wanting this kid, and they want what he brings to the table, which is very skilled, solid, shoots almost a 50 clip from three, right. can still do some things offensively. He makes sound sound decisions with the ball. And so you have that, and that's what they want because that's the type of player that you want to balance on your team, right? But um, that's 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 why I was talking about the 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 missing, and I know you wanted to get into that. That's mm-hmm. that's what's been missing in Nebraska is that they haven't really went after those those kids that are your foundational right. pieces to your program. Well, and he's he's that guy. Absolutely, and there there are a couple of things that you mentioned there that I want to bring up and and kind of follow up on and ask you. The first one is you talk about Omaha, and then you mentioned Creighton was in that list of schools that has already shown interest, said that we would like you to come be a part of our team. If you're a kid from Nebraska right now, what's keeping you from going to Creighton over Nebraska? In recent years, Greg McDermott has proven that he can not only lead a team to an NCAA tournament, he can go to the Sweet 16. Last year was supposed to be a down year for Creighton, and they're two minutes away and a collapse from beating Kansas, who is your eventual national champion. So I, I think something that might be a little bit different now than what we've looked at in years past is if you're a kid from Nebraska, I'm probably going to choose Creighton over over Nebraska at this point in time. Well, and and rightfully so. I, I think, you know, you've just got to go into a, a tremendous sale mode mm-hmm. um, as to what you would, would try to provide to him. Uh, in the program and what you would be able to do in helping them. Right. Uh, depending on what happens in the draft situations with Bryce and stuff like that, those things could help you. But at the end of the day, um, you're right. You know, if you're a young kid, you haven't seen success at Nebraska. You mm-hmm. saw what happened last year. Um, what 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 would make you want to, right. to go at this point? Um, you, you have to sell. And that's what we just haven't been able to do as well. We haven't been able to sell um and have we've been able to bring talent but they just haven't been able to mesh in jail they haven't been able to you know get cohesion right and 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 work as in unison and in, into winning games and that's been a problem but yeah man i mean this this kid baylor shireman is is a tremendous he's an athlete i mean he was he was a record-setting quarterback he was an athlete yeah he was, you know but that's the thing they're they're they're, they're probably small they're 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 thin framed and it was the same thing that they did with Justin Patton. I mean, they looked at his frame when he was coming out before he went to Creighton. And but you don't think about your weight program. You don't think about how you're going to put pounds on the kid. You you got to look beyond sometimes just just the eye test. And that's sometimes what ends up happening. But this kid, he can stroke it. Um, but one one of the things I do want to want to get into, though, when I looked into his stats, there was something that stood out to me. Right. I think this is overcome. This can be overcome just because of the way that he played in the tournament against Providence. You know, I think he redeemed himself on that aspect. Mm -hmm. But when you look at the power five schools that he played this year against Alabama, he was three for 12, um, three for 12, 0 for seven from three, 10 points. When he played uh, against Washington, five for 15, two for five from three, still had a solid game because he got to the free throw line. Um, But the shooting was down because of the the physicality. I think the strength, the level of the play. Um, then you go against Washington State. He was four for ten, one for four from three, 
then you go further down, and I think he had one more game, I want to say. Uh, shoot. Anyway, yeah, he had, I think he had one other game where he just had a low number, and that's okay because I still think he can overcome that with the skill. He's not going to be required like he was on that team to be that man. He's going to be that second, third, maybe fourth option, which is going to allow him to be able to do what he does well and to, <clears throat> and to do it at a higher clip than I think that he did it. But he he showed success in the summit, and those things translate. You can't you can't change shooting. I mean, somebody that can stroke it can stroke it. I don't care, mm-hmm. you know, who you're playing. If you if right. you get a good look, you can stroke it, and that's what this kid can do. Well, I think the best comparison that I had was probably you look at UNC last year. Brady Manick, he transfers from Oklahoma, obviously coming from a Power 5 school, but he went into that UNC team. It was Caleb Love and Armando Baycott's team. He comes in as the third option. Mm -hmm. He makes an immediate impact. They go to the national championship. That's the kind of player that I think that you're getting with him. The only thing that I want to get your opinion on is when you look at the Power 5 offers that he has – UNC is a part of that group. So you look at some of these blue blood programs that you add someone like Baylor Shireman, you assume you're going to take it to the next level. Kentucky has already been shown. I've seen a few articles. They're making a strong push. They think, they believe that he's their guy. He's going to take them over the next level. The thing that I said about this is if you're a guy like Baylor Shireman, I'm assuming winning is probably at the top of your priority list and getting noticed and recognized NBA scouts, talent. So you want to go to a Power 5 school. Is Kentucky really a good option? I mean, this one-and-done thing is great, but me and Nick talked about it. You haven't won a national championship since 2012. You're going to be playing with a bunch of five-star freshmen that think that they're the guy. Mm -hmm. Is that Mm -hmm. really the best spot for you? At that point, I think that you probably choose Nebraska over Kentucky. But again, the the first thing you when you Google Baylor Shireman, the first thing that comes up is Kentucky, this big push that they're making. I just think for a kid like this, I don't know if that's your best move. Um, I, I would say when I look down the list of those those teams, some of the best fits that would probably be for him would probably be a KU, a Gonzaga, um, a Creighton, a maybe a Michigan State, Arizona. You know, definitely probably those right. those type of fits just by the the way that they play and the style that they play, even Wisconsin. Those 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 would be some styles that mm-hmm. I think would fit good with him. I think the open style that Nebraska presents and the you know the, the the way that they want to shoot the ball, they still haven't established an identity for me that I I feel comfortable with. Right. As I, I've talked to Bach on um, many occasions, you know when when I was at Nebraska, there was an identity. Absolutely. We were physical. Mm-hmm. We were going to run run you until your your wheels fell off, and we were going to defend. That was that was our identity. Mm-hmm. I haven't still seen what no. the identity of Nebraska is, but the style that I perceive they want to play fits for uh, Baylor Shireman as to the way that he would like. It would be very open, um, the way that he's able to uh, make great decisions. That's, that's kind of some of the stuff that uh, Fred and, and his staff want. They want guys that can make good decisions, that can take care of the ball, that can stroke it. Mm-hmm. And and get out in the open court and, and be able to create opportunities. And those are the things that I, I see that have yet to be established, but right. I still see. And he fits. He fits that right. mode. And so just looking at it, I, I, I don't see him as a Duke, Duke type of player. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see him 
uh, I think UCLA is is way too right. flashy mm-hmm. type of uh, organization. Um, you know, Louisville's been down. Arkansas is going to get after you defensively. I don't know what his defensive prowess is, mm-hmm. but they're very they're very good defensively. Um, and so I, I I don't I don't see any other place. Memphis wants him, but I, I don't no. see a fit there. Um, maybe Texas A&M, maybe, but I, I, I mo- those, the ones that I shared, I think are the ones that would be the best, best fit for his style of play. And Texas A&M, Buzz Williams, uh, shout out to Buzz Williams. Got a couple texts here. Uh, Sarder Heyman, text line 402-464-5685. I want to get to this one first, Strick. Jory says, I'd rather have a new team every year and win and make the NCAA tournament than have a bunch of all-talk program in Nebraska. Winning no matter how ugly is always better. I mean, I understand what you're saying just because it's been so long that Nebraska wins, but, man, I just imagine – I had one buddy that graduated from Kentucky, and he was all for it, loved following them in basketball, but it's a new team every year. It's a bunch mm-hmm. of five-star freshmen that got big egos and think that they're going to be the guy on campus, and it's just – it's painful for me to watch. I hate mm-hmm. it. I don't like it. I would rather root for a team like Nebraska, even if they are losing – for the most part, historically, they've been able to keep guys three, four years. They've been able to build teams, and I'd much rather root for something like that. Yeah, it, there, there's just been so much turnover because of the coaching changes. Right, and, right. And, you know, the first part of it, dang near everybody and their mom left, and so you're, you're trying to do this this uh, smoke and mirror shuffle type of game, but it just hasn't it hasn't worked, and and. It's it's created an instability in the program at this Absolutely. point that he needs to try to. I mean, he doesn't. I don't know how much time he has. I don't know what's going to be mm-hmm. the the criteria that that he would have to meet in order for Trev to feel comfortable at this point. But I do know that um, he's trying to build a very similar team like Iowa, in that they're yeah. all long. Like there's length in every position. Absolutely. I mean, from the point, you know, every, everybody's dang near six, four, six, five, six, six. <laughs> then you got some right. diversity where guys that are six, seven or whatever can play different. But one of the good things about Shireman is he rebounds. He does. That's a, something yeah. that's missing as well from the guard position. He, he rebounds very well. And so those are, those are some things that he didn't really have, but those guys that I think are coming are, are, are solid uh, fundamental guys that will put bodies on guys and do what it takes and, and their length would be able to create a balance across the board that helps them to have some success in those areas of, of basically playing good defense and securing the, the rebounds. That's what they didn't do last year. And it cost them a lot of games. They, you know, when runs would happen, they just didn't have nothing to go to. It just, it became stagnant. It became one-on-one. It became, you know, but I don't think, with what he's trying to amass now, that would be the case. I think those guys would look to kind of make the right plays and make move the ball a little bit. That's right. what it seems to me. But we, that's yet to be seen. We'll we'll see when it when the time comes. Yeah, I think Iowa. Two names that come to mind first off is Keegan Murray and Luca Garza. Like you said, big long guys can rebound, shoot the basketball, defend all of that. Uh, this text comes from Jan Lincoln again. Four zero two four six four five six eight five. Start a Heyman text line. Give us any questions you got. Any comments about uh the the Baylor Shireman situation? Jay asks uh, Strick, if you were a head coach, would you recruit one and done? And how would you overcome that if you did? I I, I don't. F- I would I would take a one and done, but right. I would I would take the Mark Free and you know the um, the the Jay Wright type programs where 
you're you're having foundational guys. Absolutely. You, you're in college. Yeah. You're in college. Yes, you want to put guys in the NBA. Um, you can do that. You still can do that mm-hmm. by doing it that way. But I, I would definitely want to create a deeper foundation of guys that are are willing to put in the time, put in the effort, put in the work, uh, buy into what we're trying to do, and then uh, let everything take its course. What ends up happening with one and done guys, everybody's shooting for numbers. Everybody's trying oh, to absolutely. do something special. But going to the and league. And that can yeah. mess up the chemistry. Yeah, You know, that can mess up the chemistry of the team because um, it becomes really about you. And so those things can throw chemistry off. I think that's probably one of the problems that they had at Memphis initially, right? With Imani mm-hmm. Bates and, and all of that. Right. Guys, they think they're one and done, and they think they're they're going to come in and put up these big numbers and and find out that the game is tremendously different than AAU and the size and the speed all increases, and so uh, it continues to do so at each level. So you want sound, fundamental, uh, tight with their game type of guys that have a concept of understanding what team is and what it means that your success is my success, our success breeds future success and if you do that then you'll find yourself that more guys would find their way into the into the uh, professional ranks and i think a big thing too i mean every time that i think about the one and done the first name that comes to mind is kentucky you haven't won a national championship in a decade i know it's difficult to win a national championship but you also lost to st peter's in the first round so you can have these one and dones but st peter's when they have those what three four seniors on the team hey that's big and in nebraska's perfect example too you had a five-star recruit. It got you, what, three wins in the Big Ten? So, I'm with you, Strick. I think you got to have those guys in your teams if you want to win, especially in the Big Ten. Great stuff. 402-464-5685. Make sure you text us. Uh, coming up, we're going to be talking about the NBA in the Brooklyn Nets. Kind of a disaster. A complete and total chaotic disaster. Strick, the NBA vet, Husker Hall of Famer. Curious to hear what he has to say about all that. Make sure you stay with, stay with us. You'll listen to On the Block on 93.7 The Ticket.